first reading comes from Romans 6, 15 to, down to 23. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves, just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, the second reading is from Luke 15, uh, verses 1 and 2, and then down from 25. Uh, it's page 1093 of the Visitor Bibles. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look! All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeying your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. I hope, like me, you've been really encouraged to see that we can serve without sinking, that Jesus has served us, that he's made us friends with the boss, the bride of the king, and the sons of his heavenly father, that he served us and that he's still serving us, that he gives us the gift of serving, and he gives us the love that drives our serving. I hope, like me, you've been really encouraged uh, throughout this series. But tonight, tonight we have something very confronting. Because the truth is that though we are friends of the boss and the bride of the king and the sons of the father, we are also servants. Worse than that, the Bible says we are slaves. And as Graham mentioned at the beginning of the service, we find that very hard to understand, to believe, to accept, and to delight in. But tonight I want to convince you 
I want to persuade you that true joy is only found in being a slave of Jesus. I want you to believe it. I want you to accept it. And I want you to delight in it. You'll need your outline and the Bible passages are going to be on the screen. Firstly, you must be a slave of Jesus. In my scripture class, year one at Courage on this term, we've been going through the Exodus. God's people were slaves in Egypt and they cried out to God and God rescued them from being slaves so they would be free, be his people, and he took them to the promised land. We'd done it all term. The kids loved the stories, great stories, great rescue. But this week, I asked them, what has this got to do with us? I asked them whether any of them had actually been to Egypt. No. Had any of them ever been slaves? No. So what has this got to do with us? Well, I said to them, do you know that every single one of us is a slave. For Jesus says, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. I asked these six-year-old if they'd ever told a lie. They were truthful and put up their hand. I asked them if they'd just told the one lie and stopped when they realized it was wrong. No. Once you start sinning, you can't Stop. And that's what Jesus means. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The non-Christian thinks that he's free and we think that non-Christians are free and even envy them, but they are not free. The Bible says every person is a slave. You see it here in the first Bible passage that we read tonight coming up on the screen. You used to be slaves to sin. That's how you were. Sin leads to death and every person was or is a slave to sin. And the gospel message is that Jesus has served us, given his life as a ransom to buy us out of slavery, to set us free from sin. So you'd think that would mean that you and I, if we're trusting in Jesus, would now be free. No. Verse 18, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Do you see that? You were set free from sin and have now become slaves to righteousness. A little later on it says slaves to God. You see, there are not two ways to live. There are two ways to slave. It doesn't matter who you are, you are a slave either of sin or of Jesus. Is this a strange idea? This idea that Christians are to be slaves of Jesus, not free people? Well, Romans chapter 10 proclaims the gospel. It's a great verse for telling someone how it is that you get saved, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not about being good enough. It's not about trying hard enough with God and earning his favor. Merely confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God, that God raised him from the dead. Where is the word slavery in this verse? It's there. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is 
Lord. What does the word Lord mean? It's some religious word we use, isn't it? That's somehow a title for Jesus. No, it's the same word as master. If you're a slave, you have a master. And if Jesus is the master and you believe and confess he is the master, then of course he is your master. And if he is your master, then you must be his slave, which is why at the very beginning of the letter to the Romans, Paul introduces himself as Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus. Jesus is the master. A Christian has been set free from the slavery to sin and is now a slave to righteousness and a slave to Jesus. If you are not a slave of Jesus, then you are a slave of sin. And if you are not prepared to believe and accept that you are a slave of Jesus, then you cannot be a Christian. For a Christian, by definition, has Jesus as their master and is a slave. Do you see that? The first time I heard this, I thought this was extraordinary. I think I was in second year Bible college. I'd never heard this idea before. This was confronting. Was I really prepared to say that I was a slave of Jesus, owned by him, obligated to obey him? You must be a slave of Jesus. How could there be joy in slavery? Even if slavery is not based on racism, stealing people from Africa, taking them to America and working them to death, which is the slavery we think of, first century slavery was not like that, you were still owned. You must still obey. How could it possibly be a joy to be owned by someone else and have to obey them? This idea, I think, this teaching of the Bible is so obnoxious, so confronting even to Christians, that the first time I taught about this idea in the Bible, someone asked a question at the end of the sermon. It was at my last church. It was at the 8 a.m. traditional service at the cathedral in Wollongong. No one asks questions. Do you get it? In fact, I have preached 300 sermons, I would estimate, and not once without an invitation has anyone stuck up their hand and said, excuse me, can I ask a question? I got to the end of the sermon, I'd explained how Christians, to be a Christian, you had to be a slave of Jesus. And I invited people to say a creed where they declared that they were indeed a slave of Jesus. They believed it, accepted it, and wanted to do it. Before we got to the creed, she stuck up a hand and said, can I ask a question? I said, of course. She said, I don't like to think of myself as a slave. I like to think of myself as a servant of Jesus and I choose to obey him. What a brilliant question. She had understood my teaching from the Bible completely. And she completely rejected it. For Jesus is the master. And we therefore must be his slaves. But it is so confronting and so obnoxious that we want to wriggle out of it. Do you believe this? 
Do you accept it? Could you possibly delight in it? It's even worse when you realise that this idea that you're supposed to be a slave of Jesus, that he is your master who owns you and commands you, is not just supposed to be on your adoption papers somehow, some legal fiction that you file away in the filing cabinet, but is meant to mean you're supposed to do something. And in particular, to be a slave of Jesus is to be a slave for others. All term, we've seen that we're to be serving other people and that that's a joy. But in Mark 10, Jesus says we're to be slaves of all. And that sounds difficult, doesn't it? For a servant does choose when they serve, but a slave does not. There are no limits for a slave. There's no limits to who you serve. You simply serve everyone. There are no limits to what you do. Jesus gets up and washes people's feet. A slave does anything, no matter how menial, no matter how yucky. There's no limits to how much a slave does. In the Flintstones, they would clock on in the morning and clock on in the afternoon. You were paid for a certain number of hours because you were a wage earner. But a slave is not like that. You don't say to your master when you're a slave, I'm so sorry, I don't work on Saturdays. You don't own me on Saturdays. He does, 24-7. There are no limits to how long if you are a slave. You say, I've been a youth leader for five years. I've been cleaning the church for five years. I've done my bit now. It's time to retire. Slaves do not retire. It might be time to give someone else a go. It might be time to do another sort of serving which you'll enjoy more. Good but it's not time to stop, for slaves don't stop. There are no limits when you are a slave. Do you see that? So do you want to be a slave of Jesus for others? Could it possibly be a joy? How can I say to you? That true joy is only found in being a slave of Jesus. At the gates of Auschwitz, the Nazi concentration camp, the biggest and worst Nazi concentration camp, there was a sign above the gates as you entered. The sign said, Work is freedom. It was the Nazis' cruel joke as millions went to their deaths. And what I'm trying to persuade you of tonight feels a bit like a cruel joke, don't you think? Being a slave of Jesus, a slave for others with no limits, is where you find true joy. Is this just a cruel joke? No. True joy is really found in being a slave of Jesus Because you have one master. Remember, everyone is a slave. That's the one thing you don't get to decide about. You're either a slave of sin or a slave of righteousness. Everyone is serving something or someone. 
Something, sometimes people are serving things like money and career and education. Sometimes people are serving uh, an idea, their own comfort, their own happiness, their own security. Some people are serving a person, their parents. Even if their parents are dead, they're still serving what they wanted for them. Some people are serving their children. Some people are serving their spouse. Everyone is serving something. And sometimes we're trying to serve more than one master, aren't we? And that's tricky. That's complicated. That brings us into conflict. But everyone is serving something or someone. Is there any way out of that? Yes, you can serve just one Master, we've been served by Jesus. He's ransomed us from slavery to sin and from slavery to other things. Would that be good? Not to have many masters? Yes. Would it be good if you're in slavery to money? That all your life was geared around making more money or the desire to have the money that you don't have? Would it be good to be set free from that? Yes. Would it be good to be set free from slavery to fashion like we see people around us where they have to have the latest thing? Would it be good to be set free from slavery to the pressure from your peers and to be accepted where you could be your own person? Is that attractive to you? You think of Luna Lovegood in Harry Potter for a moment who doesn't care what other people think of her. A Christian can be like that, for they have just one master. Wouldn't that be good, to have just one master? And for it not to be you? True joy is found in being a slave of Jesus, for you have just one master. Mind you, the Afro-American slaves had just one master, didn't they? They were owned by one person. And that didn't bring much joy. Now, it's got to be better than just having one master. What do you need to have? You need to have one good master. Right back at the beginning of this this series, we looked at Jesus' words from Matthew chapter 11, coming up on the screen. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you see the hints here of Jesus being a master and of us being his slaves? He says, take my yoke upon you. My yoke and my burden, he says, verse 30. But he says, take my yoke upon you and you will find rest. Why is that? Because he is a good master. I am gentle and humble in heart. And so my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We've been served by Jesus. He gave his life as a ransom. He's made us his friends his bride, the sons of his heavenly father. He is a good master, a good master who has loved us 
and cared for us. And that's nowhere clearer, I think, than in John 13, coming up in the screen as well. John 13, Jesus is about to die. He knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus knew that he was the master, the master of the universe. So, have a look at that two-letter word. Jesus knew he was the master. So, he got up from his meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. Do you understand the meaning of the word so in that sentence? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, does it? The master, so he became a slave. What sort of master does that? A good master except that the word good there is wholly inadequate. Do you have any concern that if you have one master and that master is Jesus, that it will be good for you? A master who knows he's the master of the universe and when he knows that, gets up and washes his friend's feet? Are you worried about belonging to him? Do you wish you had some other master, like you, for example? And so Jesus says to his disciples, now that you've seen me do this, next slide, later on in John 13, now that you've seen me do this, you should do the same, verse 13. You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your master and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Be a slave for others, says Jesus, because you're a slave of me. Be like me and you'll be blessed. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. You'll be blessed because you'll be being like Jesus. You'll be living the way you were made to live. You'll be pleasing him. But even more than that, you'll be blessed because you have one master. Because you have one Good master. How good it is to know you belong to someone. You are secure with your master. And he is thoroughly good. That is where true joy is found. You must be a slave of Jesus. And as a slave of Jesus, you must be a slave for others. Do you believe this? Do you accept this? And not only just do you believe it and you accept it, do you delight in it? Do you believe that true joy comes from being a slave of Jesus? This is confronting. I don't want you to pretend. This might be a new idea tonight. And you're confronted actually by what it means to be a Christian, to have a master and to belong to him and to be obligated to obey him because he ransomed you, he bought you as his slave. If you're confronted by that, then be confronted. Check out these verses from the Bible that are on the outline and consider, do I really believe these things? 
As a way of responding tonight, we're going to say a creed, a creed which I've tried to, which I've made up to encapsulate this teaching about Jesus being the master and us being his slaves. I'm going to invite everyone to stand in a moment. And if this is what you believe, if this is what you accept, and this is what you delight in, then I ask you to say it. If not, just stand. No need to say anything. No one will notice because you're reflecting by what you've been confronted by tonight. Let's all stand. And if you would like to, please join me. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. He served me and made me his friend and a son of his father. He is my Lord and so I am his slave. He commands me to be a slave for you. I believe that this is true joy. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that in the Bible you teach us the truth about ourselves, that we are not free without Jesus. We are slaves to sin. Help us to believe this. And Father, we thank you that in the Gospel we are set free from our slavery to sin and have the great privilege and joy of being made slaves of Jesus. Father, help those of us who are confronted by this, who are reflecting upon this to see whether it is really true and then whether we will accept it and delight in it. Please help us to be honest, we pray. And Father, as we seek to believe and accept this truth, we pray that we might see it and experience it as a great joy to belong to Jesus, our one good master. And we pray this in Jesus' name.